Welcome back to another Daily Walk. And today we want to talk about some of what's going to go on in the end times. Because I've started to see some error coming up in some people's discussion about what's going to go on and, and how this occurs. And I started to dive in, and look back into all of the different views of the end times. And we're not going to talk about all the different views of the end times. I just want to point out one common error that I'm seeing creeping up more and more. Mostly this was propagated, I think, by a lot of by the emergent church and things, but it has started to, the emergent church, which we don't hear a lot about these days, because it was kind of incorporated and enfolded into a lot of the other church views that are out there, and it's very well seeped into the church growth movement, which has taken over the majority of churches. And one of the fundamental beliefs that they have about the end adopts one of the old, I think it was the Praetorius view, I forget exactly the, the name of it without looking at my notes, but it basically says that our task is to make the world better and better so that we can usher in the entrance of Christ. In other words, it's the view that the end times will not come, the second return of Christ will not come until our society reaches this moral pinnacle. And I understand where this viewpoint originally came from. It was not the original viewpoint held by the early church. It came about as a response to all of the positive that we saw when Christianity infiltrated cultures. So, for example, America here was founded on a lot of Christian-based principles. And so being founded on a lot of a lot of these Christian-based principles, it had this high moral degree. And out of that, people start to see that, man, as a society, as a culture follows God, it becomes this great moral place. And we started to see a lot of positive things come out of this. The problem is, is that's not what the scripture teaches. And people taught that view because of how connected they were, how much they saw the positive impact of Christian thought on a society. And it's very true. Christian impact is going to have a lot of positive thought on society, but there's some issues. There's some problems. There's some challenges. All right. So the biggest challenge is what the scripture actually says. You see, and in this, this viewpoint that I'm starting to see creep up, even as much as seeing it being brought up in an RZIM conference, within the last couple of months, they're starting to say, you know, the global, you know, global warming is a problem. They don't call it global warming and it's climate change now is a big problem. And so now we're going to deal with climate change. We got to fix the planet. And the idea here is that we have to get not only our planet working right, we have to get our, the people working right. We have to get our moral society. And when moral society reaches a certain pinnacle, then the return of Christ will come. The problem is that's nothing what, like what the scripture teaches. There's a few places where you can start to look at it. There's a few places you can extract some of these viewpoints, but it's more often than not an argument made from philosophy rather than an argument made from scripture. So what does the scripture actually teach? Well, if you turn over to 2 Peter chapter 3, we start to see some of this. As Peter is writing the, the second chapter here, he's he's really showing us a lot of what's going to happen. And and he gets in and he starts in chapter three. Let's just go ahead and go through pretty much most of chapter three here. I was going to start in verse eight, but I think it's worth grabbing the context starting at verse one. Uh, this is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by a way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior spoken by the apostles. 
Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, that the earth was formed out of water, uh, and by water, through which the world at that time had been destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. Now, this is a significant portion of scripture because the first time we saw what Peter is prophesying here, the first time we saw this is with the Herald, it was the Herald Camping, I think. I think it was the Herald Camping one. It was the very first time that we had this major, major end times philosophy during the social media era. And so people were really doing mockings. They were having Rapture Day events. They were, you know, putting up pictures of, of just clothes inside of lawn furniture and posting it all over social media, if you remember that. That's exactly what Peter says <clears throat> is happening here. That uh, it, it says in... No, first of all, verse 3, no, first of all, in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Forever since fathers fall asleep, all continues just as it was for the beginning. In other words, hey, everything's going to keep going forever and ever and ever. The problem is that was the error that happened in the days of Noah, and he describes here that everyone always thought this, <clears throat> and then the floods came, and the entire world was wiped out, save for eight people that we are all descended from today. All right, understand that that is... That is what's going on here. And the fact of the matter is verse 7 tells us what's to come. But in his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. In other words, <clears throat> all that we have here is going to pass away. God's not waiting for us to make this moral place. He's waiting for a period of time that he has already set and he has given us warnings of and prophecies of without telling us the exact date so that we are attentive to this coming destruction. And it's going to come and it's going to be fire and it's not going to be us causing a nuclear holocaust. God is not going to give us the privilege of destroying our own world. He's going to do it for us. Right about the time they're getting ready to notch those loops, right about that time, we're going to have something happen like a super volcano in Yellowstone will blow up or something like that. Whatever it is, it's going to be a supernatural event that is fire instead of water and it's going to destroy everything. So, Continuing on in verse 8, but do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. It's kind of like the old joke. God, isn't it like, isn't a thousand days, you know, like a day and, you know, and, you know, and a million dollars like a dollar? He's like, yes. Well, can I have a dollar? He says, in a minute. I mean, come on. But anyway, it goes on. The Lord is not slow with his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any for to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in which the heavens will pass away with the roar of the elements will be destroyed and with intense heat and the earth and its own works will be burnt up. This is what's going to happen. The end is going to be here by fire. Let's focus on, on uh, one verse here that is oftentimes mistranslated. Um, and this is verse 9. He is patient toward you, not wishing any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And some people use this to say, oh, see, it's free will salvation. This is an aside. I have several other videos talking about this viewpoint. Uh, and the reason why this is an error is because this is indicating that God is slow. If, if this really means that God is waiting for us all to be saved before he's going to come, it's going to be a long wait because you know that people reject God. 
That's an aside, and I have several other videos on that topic uh, that you can look on this channel. <clears throat> all right, so verse 11, since all things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you be uh, in holy conduct and godliness, looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Okay, so clarifying, doubling down, yes, the world is going to be destroyed for fire. We look for a new world. It's not going to be some world that, you know, we get reach this moral pinnacle and then Christ is going to come back and dominate. No, this is going to be destroyed, cast away. All of the saved people are pulled out of this world. That's your rapture. And then the new world is created in the second resurrection where all of the people who are truly saved, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life and have been from the foundation of the world, will be in that new sinless world after this one is destroyed. Verse 14, Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found in, by him in, pe in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote to you. As also in his letters, speaking in them of these things, which some are hard to understand, which is untaught and unstable distort, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they also do the rest of Scripture to their own destruction. Watch out for those false teachers who are twisting the scriptures to their own ends in their own ignorance many times. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Um, something I skipped over verse 13, which also comes back in verse uh, uh, 14, 13 and 14. Uh, but according to his promise, which we are looking to new heavens, new earth, and righteousness dwells. Uh, that was not the verse I was thinking of. <clears throat> Let's just go ahead. Uh, verse, it was verse 11 and 14. My apologies. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you be in holiness and, uh, and holy conduct and godliness? And verse 14, therefore, beloved, since you look for these things to be diligent, be found in him in peace, spotless and blameless. This is the principle of sanctification. We are to live our life in holy conduct, not bringing dishonor to Christ in the way that we live our lives. We are to cast aside the old Gentile ways and live by the principles taught in this scripture, to live upright, moral lives, loving all people, regardless of their background or their identity or their faith or whatever, loving all people, but preaching the gospel in truth and soundness. That's what our task is to be, to holy and upright people, to lose ourselves, lose ourselves in our own morality. Um, so, in other words, take a disadvantage to ourselves to do what is right by God. That is what our task is. That is what our task is. And we're not going to usher in this new world. Our task is to preach the gospel and live moral, upright lives ourselves in this crazy, corrupted, and decaying world. And God will end it. And then he will pull those faithful out, recreate a new world, and resurrect us unto that. So thanks for coming along on this daily walk. Thanks for watching and listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support 
or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. Thank you.